seen in the classroom, ayy We was chillin' in the stall, making crowds move, ayy Young K still posted in the A like a brave No chain, your boys got will make my neck fucking bang Hanging on your speaker, banging on your speaker, baby Need to find a reason to make you believe me, baby Young Nola, PlayStation controller And welcome back to the Whole Nine Sports Podcast I'm your host, as always, Dylan Sanders Brandon is not here with me this, uh, this episode um, as we're gonna have a couple of episodes this weekend, this this week weekend ish, I think, uh, because uh, today we're doing the NFC West uh, preview. Uh, it's our last of the NFL division previews, um, and then we're gonna go straight into some previews. I think maybe tomorrow or Friday. Um, so you'll have a couple of episodes this weekend. So yay, woo, more content. Um, so. I'm not doing it alone, because I don't know that much about the NFC West. I mean, honestly, you know, some stuff, but uh, I don't want to go in-depth with it. So joining me today is the, uh, the as his Twitter bio says, the lesser half of the 4th and Gold podcast, and contributor for 49ers Hub and 49ers Web Zone, Matt Barr. You can find him on Twitter at Matt Barr underscore. Yes, sir. I'm kind of upset that I chased Brandon away the last time I came on. You know, I, I thought I thought we were good buddies, and then it, you know, apparently he's like, oh, I, don't, I don't want to be here tonight. Yeah, he heard that you were going to be on. And he was like, Yeah, I'm home and and ready, back from traveling, but uh, I just really don't want to talk to Matt Barr. It's okay. It happens. I'm used to it, man. Like, right. but like you said, lesser half of the Fourth and Gold podcast. Uh, it's 49ers centric podcast, and then I do the writing for 49ers Hub and 49ers Web Zone. You can find my work there, and like you said, at Matt Barr underscore, and the underscore has been the bane of my existence. But I've come to terms with it. Yeah, you it's mentioned okay. it last time. It was like an actor or something has Matt Barr. Yeah, yeah, there's an actor, Matt Barr, and he has the account. He hasn't tweeted for like two years, and it's... We'll get that I for you one him day. A lot. One, yeah, one day. One day it'll happen, and then I'll, have, I'll throw a big party. Uh, I'll be invited. Brandon's not invited. Correct. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, by the way, me and Brandon still quote from your episode, from the last time you were on, we still quote <laughs> the uh, old nut in your eye Oh yeah, all the time. Oh, yeah. It's oh, such yeah. a good quote. It's, it is, and it's, it's so absurd that it was actually used <laughs> from an NFL player towards a police officer, and it's just it's just banana land to me. <laughs> so it's just wild. Um, but yeah, no, that was that was a fun that was a fun time coming back. I'm happy you had me back on. Thank you very much for bringing me back. Of course, we would we would rather have uh, no one else for for the uh, NFC West because you know why not? Uh, so this is a pretty good pretty good division this year, I'd say. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a, a lot of, I mean, it's always pretty competitive, but even now, it seems like three of the four teams have a shot. Yeah, I think last year we were kind of looking at the same thing where, you know, the Seahawks are always the Seahawks, and, and you can always count them out, but they somehow always make their way into the playoffs. The Rams really came into their own, obviously making it to the Super Bowl for they lost to the Patriots. Uh, the 49ers looked at they were trending way up. They, they were riding the high of Jimmy Garoppolo. Week three, he goes down, and then the Cardinals were just the Cardinals and, and you know that that franchise is just kind of they can't get out of their own way sometimes and, and we saw that this offseason when they drafted a quarterback in the first round for the second straight year um you know it's just that franchise is I want them to get back on track I like competitive football but at the same time as a Niners guy I don't really want them to get back on track <laughs> uh, but I think they took a step in the right direction um this offseason yeah it wasn't a bad offseason uh at, at all so um, if you've listened to this episode, the, these episodes, they all kind of like flow the same. Uh, so we'll go ahead and start off with the first question. Those same questions as they've always been, uh, and that is, uh, how do you predict the final standings will go for the uh, for the NFC West? 
Yeah, jumping right in, um, I think this division runs through Seattle. And I know that it comes as kind of a shock to a lot of people who everybody's kind of penciling in the Rams as the division champ. I think the Rams are going to take a step back. I think they got the Super Bowl hangover. Todd Gurley has the arthritic knee. They're not sure what he's going to be. Um, did Bill Belichick have a game plan to beat Sean McVay's offense? And there's a lot of things going against them. Um, you know, they're in kind of a, a flux year with Jared Goff because he's at the point where he needs a new contract, but they can still do the fifth year option. Are they going to keep him? Or are they going to move on? There's a lot of things that they have to figure out. Um, but the final standings for me, I have the Seahawks going 11 and five and winning the division. And then I have the Rams and the 49ers tied for a second at 10 and six. I'm not sure how the tiebreakers are going to work out, but as of right now, I like the 49ers a lot in their schedule, and I think they can get off to a hot start and kind of ride that momentum a little bit. Um, and then the Cardinals, I kind of have struggling coming in at 4-12 and and finishing last place in division. I think they got they got a brand-new coach, brand-new quarterback. And, man, I'm not super sold on Kingsbury's offense. Like I said, as a Niners guy, you know we saw Chip Kelly come in. We saw how this whole run-and-gun offense – when it works, it really works. But if you're going three and out and you only ate up 32 seconds off the clock, your defense is going to get exhausted real fast. And I have a feeling they're going to run into that. And there's going to be some growing pains with both Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury this year. Uh, yeah, I mean, you don't think Terrell Suggs was enough for, to make them uh, make them Super Bowl contenders? Uh, no, but I actually do like that signing. Um, I think it's good. I think when you get a guy, and the Rams kind of did the same thing when they brought in Clay Matthews. I think when you bring in these guys who are a little bit older who are just pass rush specialists. And Eric Weddle, but with the pass rush specialist specifically, uh -huh. where you're telling guys like, hey, you're only going to play on third downs, and your only job is to go get the quarterback. I think that's a good place for some of these guys to be in and to finish out their career. Um, I do like the Weddle signing uh, for the Rams. I think that's a good, steady personality in that secondary because uh, you have Aqib Tlaib and Marcus Peters on the outside for them and I think they can both be a little volatile so I think having somebody like Weddle who's a veteran who's been there to kind of calm everybody down I think is a good thing um, we all know that Wade Phillips is incredible defensive coordinator and really good job at, at balancing personalities and everything I think the Weddle signing was very smart I don't think the defense is going to be the biggest problem for the Rams this year, believe it or not. I think the, their problems are going to lie on the offense, and a lot of a lot of stuff's going to fall right on McVay's shoulders. And uh, and Goff is going to have to play whenever it matters. Uh, Correct. Which Correct. he has not always done. He's been very good, and, and McVay has been very good. Um, the, the thing is, McVay has a fantastic plan A, and when it works, it works almost to perfection. But when, when teams like uh, the Bears last year and, and the Patriots in the Super Bowl – break that plan a and they stop them from doing that mcveigh doesn't make adjustments like he should he's content to just kind of slam his head in the wall i've been saying this all offseason he slams his head into the wall trying to get plan a to work and it won't work and that's where you know belichick separates himself as coaches stuff because he's the master of making adjustments and i think mcveigh if he learned that this offseason he learns how to adjust his offense based on what the defense is doing they'll be better than i have them predicted but based on track record i'm going with he hasn't quite learned his lesson and without todd Gurley, i think they're going to be a little bit more trouble than than most people think right and uh so we've kind of gone over a couple of offseason moves uh who do you think had the best offseason of the division i know i'm not trying to sound biased but i think the 49ers had the best offseason and the biggest reason is they get jimmy garoppolo back 
you know, they lost him in week three last year. Like I said, they were riding that they were riding that high going in. When he went down, I mean, it was like sucking the air out of a balloon. The whole team just kind of deflated. They weren't nearly the same team they were in weeks one, two, and three. And, you know, they also adjust, they also, uh, excuse me, addressed the pass rush, which was the biggest thing for them because the pass rush last year was anemic for the 49ers. And not only did they add Nick Bosa with a second overall pick, they also added D Ford. And, you know, getting after the quarterback can cover a lot of deficiencies on your football team. And I, I think their front seven, when you add in, you also got Quan Alexander, uh, Fred Warner's back and healthy. Dre Greenlaw seems like a steal of a fifth round pick. You know, you're looking at the front seven, and the front seven's one of the best in football, I think. Um, the secondary still leaves a lot to be desired. You know, Richard Sherman is still Richard Sherman. He played pretty well last year, still recovering from that Achilles. Uh, this year he says he's back to 100% because, of course, he does, because everyone says they're back to 100% coming into the season. Um, and then on offense, you know, they also made the additions of Debo Samuel, Jalen Hurd. Uh, Dante Pettis has another year un- under his belt. You know, he hasn't had a great training camp recently. There's been a lot of speculation about does he have enough uh, dog in him to, mm. to play the position. Um, but I-, I think the 49ers really made a lot of strides this offseason. I think they addressed a lot of things that they've kind of not really addressed since Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch took over. And like I said the big one was the pass rush. You get after the quarterback, you're – your secondary can be mediocre. Um, you know, we saw that with, with the Vic Fangio teams and the Jim Harbaugh teams where their front seven was just so damn good and they got after the quarterback that it didn't matter that their corners were lackluster. Yeah, and they uh, they definitely have some uh, have a, a wealth of edge players and uh, interior players from the draft of recent years. But uh, I think Nick Bosa is obvi- was obviously one of the best in the class, uh, so there's no uh, no bad pick there. Yeah, I think Bosa was was a home run, um, and of course everybody wants to jump on the fact that he hasn't played in any preseason games. Um, big thing with him, Joe Staley, you know, perennial top left tackle uh, for the 49ers. He's been he's been in the league for 11 years. He's been really really good for 11 years, and he's sitting here saying that Nick Bosa doesn't even need preseason. This kid's ready to go. And, and, and if Joe Staley's saying it, I believe it because Joe Staley has not been super high on some guys, but he said he's better. Nick Bosa coming into training camp was better than Alden Smith was coming into training camp. I'm not going to say Nick Bosa is going to sit here and get 14 sacks in his rookie year like Alden Smith did, but that's very high praise coming from a the longest tenured 49er. So, Hopefully uh, uh, his career pans out a little bit better than Alden Smith. <laughs> yeah, you know, I hope he stays away from the sauce, um, and I hope he can keep his head on straight. And, and, and I think there's a lot of steadying forces around him right now. Um, and I think the team has has really absorbed Nick Bosa in. Uh, I know there's a whole, the whole, you know, some of his social media activity leading up to the draft. How's he going to fit in the very liberal San Francisco? And, and the team has just taken him in, and they've really been like, "Hey, th- that's not a distraction for us. What we see is the player that shows up in a locker and what shows up on the field, and they're cool with him. If they're cool with him, I'm cool with him. I don't particularly care for any player's politics. Uh, right, left, middle, doesn't matter." I want you to come on the field and play, be a good football player. Uh, um, I mean, I don't really think any any anyone in the division had a terrible offseason. I mean, the Seahawks. I mean, I guess probably had the worst. I mean, just losing Earl Thomas, Frank Clark, two players you don't want to lose. Uh, they did get Ziggy Anza, and then the Rams didn't do much outside of Eric Weddle and Clay Matthews. Yeah, you knew the Rams weren't going to do much. 
um, just because of need the to. roster they had. Yeah, the roster they had. You know, they get Cooper Cup back, which I think is a big deal too. I think Cooper Cup makes that offense go. Having a good slot receiver is very dependable for for Jared Goff. Uh, the Seahawks didn't have a super great offseason. Like you said, they lost Earl Thomas. They lost Frank Clark. But they didn't lose Frank Clark. They traded him. Oh, yeah, they did. So there's a little bit of a difference there. Um, he didn't walk in free agency. Uh, Earl Thomas was hard to lose, but you knew once he, once he flipped the bird to the sideline that he wasn't coming back. So, you know, they played all pretty much all last season without him. So it's not like it's something they're not used to. This guy didn't play 16 games last year and, and have 12 interceptions and completely change their defense. He was hurt in week four. So Seahawks are, are, are used to playing without him. So I don't think that loss is as big as a lot of people are saying. Um, and like I said, I think that the division runs through Seattle. Uh, the additions they made, you got DK Metcalf was a huge pickup. I think he's perfect for Seattle because uh, they love to run the ball. Seattle was one of two teams in the NFL last year alongside uh, the Buffalo Bills, that ran the ball more often than they passed on first down. And I know it's hard to believe, but only two teams did that. Huh. Um, and the Seahawks like to like to lull teams to sleep and then run, throw a play-action pass. And I think if you can lull the safeties up towards the line of scrimmage, hit a play-action, Russell Wilson throws the best deep ball in all of football, in my opinion. And TK Metcalf, if he gets one-on-one with the corner, he's just going to torch him. I mean, if he can stay healthy, I know he's the knee issue right now, but if he can stay healthy, he's going to be a major weapon for the Seahawks. I liked, uh, yeah, I liked all of uh, all of the Seahawks picks. I mean, LJ Collier, Gary Jennings, Ben Burkirvan, uh they're all good players. So I think, uh, I think with what uh, with limited uh, space and uh, and assets, I think they they made they made what they could happen out of their offseason. Yeah, you know the Legion boom is dead. But that's okay. I think the team was ready to move on from that. I think once you had the Richard Sherman, uh, Russell Wilson kind of spat, where they said it was offense versus defense, I think Pete Carroll was kind of content to just kind of move past those guys and be like, hey, we need a full cohesive team here. We can't have any of this. We should have run the ball on the one-yard line in the Super Bowl, which they absolutely should have run the ball on the one-yard line. I mean, definitely. But but they can't have that in the locker room. And I think he's done a good job. As much as it pains me to say, because I'm really not a Pete Carroll fan. I wasn't a Pete Carroll fan when he was at USC either. So this isn't just a Seahawks thing for me. Um, it, it, he's done a good job with the locker room and a good job of, of putting players together that make sense and, and they work well together. Huh. Um, who do you think? Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, if you had to guess which one of those do you think had the worst? had the worst offseason even though like yeah like i said no one had worse than like a b offseason i'd say yeah the whole division did a really good job of reloading all their rosters um i guess it would be seattle had the worst but it's like you said it's not the worst by by like any long stretch maybe maybe even the rams had the worst just because they made the fewest additions mm-hmm. um but even some of theirs man i really liked that what every team did the only the only glaring mistake i saw from the offseason was the cardinals didn't address their offensive line not their at offensive all. line was notoriously terrible last well, year they got and they got marcus gilbert i mean cool yeah <laughs> i mean that's it's, about it's it like a big, yeah it's not a big yeah. splash pickup and they drafted like 15 receivers all in the same year andy isabella and then, is great hakeem butler's not playing this year though correct he's already been shut down with a phantom injury um you know a lot of teams will do that if a guy's not up to snuff they'll just shut him down on the ir and, and let him learn the system for a year and he'll try again next year uh the niners just did it with a, with one of their rookie cornerbacks um but you know the cardinals not addressing the offensive line and considering you got a quarterback that is that is brand new um uh a, a head coach who's like also the offensive coordinator who's brand new i think that's a tough look for them i mean push um, come, push come to shove that push come to shove they can just draft Tua next year 
Right. <laughs> the way the way the Cardinals are going, yeah, they could. Um, and I, I, I jokingly say that I could see uh, Kyler Murray just up and leaving halfway through the season, saying, "F this, I'm gonna go play baseball. I'm tired I mean, of getting. I'm tired of getting knocked around like this." I mean, yeah, like I mean, they pushed Rosen out after a year. I mean, Rosen's not like Tom Brady, but uh, that that offensive line definitely did not help. Yeah, I don't think Rosen got a fair shake in in Arizona. I don't think he's very. I don't think he's great. I think he could be okay, um, mm-hmm. but he definitely didn't get a fair shake in Arizona just because that offensive line was just so atrocious, um, almost every game, and he was always getting hit. He had some passes. It was just like wow, like actual wow passes when you watched him. But yeah, I did. I did feel for Josh Rosen a little bit. Um, and I then wish he I went to the more. Dolphins, who have arguably just as bad of an offensive line besides yeah, he's, Laramie Tunzel. He's got, man, he's got like Alex Smith written all over him, where he's just a guy that just goes and plays on bad teams for a long time, and it's gonna take a coach to finally like figure out how to use him and how to how to protect him and how to how to get the right system in place for him to succeed. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I wonder if the Dolphins can get a second rounder for him next year after they draft Tua. <laughs> Whoever drafts Tua is just gonna, you know. Um, and then so moving on, uh, it's kind of kind of similar to the whole. Uh, standings question. Um, mm-hmm. We're gonna tell you some betting odds uh, and see if you would take them, um, uh, basically on who's gonna win the division. Uh, so starting off, we have the Arizona Cardinals at plus twenty five hundred. I'm not touching that with a ten foot pole. Um, I think they're plus twenty five hundred for a reason. I think I've kind of gone into that. Um, I don't think they're gonna have a very good year. I think they're gonna be drafting top five again next year. I don't see them putting it together. I'm not taking plus 2,500. I mean, I'd maybe look at that if they added another zero. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, 49ers plus 550. You know, that's an interesting one. Um, and I think the season really rides on Jimmy Garoppolo for the 49ers. Do they get Denver Jimmy Garoppolo, where he was one for six for zero yards and an interception and should have been two? Or do they get Kansas City? Jimmy Garoppolo, where he was 14 to 20, 188 yards and a touchdown. I think the answer lies somewhere in between the two. I obviously only a little bit closer. He's going to be more close to the the Chiefs Jimmy Garoppolo than than the Broncos Jimmy Garoppolo. But at 550, if I were a betting man, which I'm not much of one, um, I think I would put some money down on him just because I think there's such a wild card that the odds there can pay out if you if the ball bounces their way this year. And then uh, we have the Seahawks plus 275. I'm smashing by on that one just because, like I said, I already think the Seahawks are going to win a division. So I'm smashing the buy on that one. Uh, I think plus 275 is a, a good odd. And just the one person you can never count out in the entirety of football is Russell Wilson. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, the guy just finds ways to win. I mean, yeah, so, the, the, the division runs through Russell Wilson. So Absolutely. absolutely. Um, and then the Rams minus 180. They might win the division. They might not. I'm just selling just because you're not going to get any return on that buy. No, so, I just you know it's it's such a high risk for such a low reward. So I'm going to sell on the Rams at minus 180. I uh, I I'm 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 not big on uh, I'm not a big guy on uh, once it gets to the minuses on betting on it. Correct. It, Correct. I mean, because I mean, as an as an Astros fan, the past like two weeks they've uh, they've been like. All right, uh, historic odds two times in the past month uh, to win, and they're like minus five fifty or something uh, to beat the um, 
it was the Orioles and then the uh, the Tigers, and then they lost both of those games. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I, I'm not big on betting on the on the negatives either. I just think there's not enough return there to to make it worth your investment. Um, and then so this one. Uh, I mean, maybe depending on who you are, but uh, I think this one's kind of be like uh, a slam dunk alley oop. I'm throw it up. You're gonna throw it down. Uh, who's gonna be the MVP of the division? Russell Wilson. There we go. That's all and we need. That all needs to be said. Yep, I think he's the MVP. Um, it's actually it's a lot closer than you think, and we're gonna get into the next guy that could could elevate that. Oh, I wonder, too, but, wonder but who it could at, be. <laughs> yeah, if we're looking uh, at offensive players, it's Russell Wilson. Uh, so who do you think the defensive player of the year is gonna be? Aaron Donald, boom shakalaka. Yeah, he lobs it up. There it is. Two easy questions because yeah. two of the best players in football. <laughs> Correct. I, th- I actually think Aaron Donald is the best player in football. Uh, offense, defense doesn't matter. Um, I, you know, he had twenty plus sacks last year. The, everybody's predicting he's going to break the sack record. If he breaks the sack record, he's the MVP. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a, he's the division MVP. He should be the NFL MVP. But they'll never give it to a defensive player because football is biased towards dumb. offensive players. Yeah, yeah, it's just like the Heisman every year. You know, we, what was the last defensive player to win? Was it uh, Charles Woodson? Yeah, yeah, and definitely should like, have been uh, Tyron Matthew that year that he was a uh, he was he was up th- he was in the finals. But I mean, I was lucky enough to have him in there. Um, yeah, exactly. And then uh, rookie of the year, the division. So a little bit of a homer pick here. I'm going Debo Samuel. Um, some of the other guys that I considered that I, I'll tell you why I didn't pick him. Uh, Kyler Murray, like I said, the offensive line, I think he's going to have some games where he's just a lights out player and he's just going to torch defenses for a bunch of yards. But I think he's gonna have a lot more games where he looks a little bit lost in the sauce. Um, the Rams didn't really pick up any rookies that, that wow me. Um, I like Taylor Rapp, but I don't think he's going to be an end all be all player for them. I think he's gonna be a really good player, but not a guy that just jumps off the jumps off the stat sheet and jumps out of the tape on you um dk metcalf is another guy I really considered um but again his knee his knee issue i think if that if you can't solve that he's going to be in trouble um so i went with debo samuel you know the guy is just this big tough wide receiver um he he averaged 31 yards per slant route catch last year at south carolina which is just an absurd stat. He's really good with the ball in his hands uh, after the catch. Um, Dante Pettis, like I said, you know, they, they said he doesn't have the dog in him. And, and I think he's going to see less of a share than a lot of people think he is. And if Debo can say healthy, which all this stuff depends on health. I mean, all this stuff can be thrown out the window as soon as one major injury happens. Um, but if Debo stays healthy, I think he's going to put up some surprising stats. I think he's going to surprise a couple people. Um, Debo was my number two wide receiver on the board coming into the draft, and I think the Niners got a steal with him at 36. And I think he went to a fantastic fit for him. Um, Correct. Because like, like, he's like one of those receivers that can do it all, and he went to the offense where you kind of have to be able to do it all because he's going to use you in every way that he can possibly use you. Yeah, absolutely. Like the last time I was on here, we talked about the positionless offense and how the 49ers just have all those players that are so – versatile they can play multiple spots on on across the offense but it's x receiver y receiver tight end slot receiver running back coming out of the backfield whatever it is Debo samuel on a jet sweep which he ran for 45 yards uh last week you know it's just he he has the skill set to be really successful shanahan i think shanahan's the right mind for him to go to 
Yeah, I think I think Kyler Murray is definitely the popular pick for this one, but I I definitely like the Debo Samuel pick. I mean, you're going to see him on the outside, you're going to see him in slot on each side, and you're going to see him in the backfield. Maybe they'll yep. run a maybe they'll run a wildcat with him. <laughs> oh God, I hope not. I oh, mean, Chip Kelly ran the wildcat for a little bit, and it just drove me nuts just seeing Blaine Gabbert lined up out wide and it's like oh man just don't do it's this just, just, with like Carlos Hyde catching the snap and it's just oh get out of here it depends on like the the offense but like it just seems like such a waste of a play <laughs> it uh, really does like I, at least I a waste a of a guy. side yeah. uh, uh, and I know you're a Saints guy I hate the Taysom Hill offense like I really dislike <laughs> it it's my least favorite thing in football mainly because everybody's like, oh, Taysom Hill's in. Let's see what they're going to do. And I'm like, oh, are they going to run it right up the middle? Oh, no. Who could have saw that coming? Well, um, this, I mean, the Taysom, off- the Taysom Hill offense might be the offense of the future because uh, we haven't talked about it much in the, in this, in, in the whole nine sports, but you gave, me, you gave me an in to talk about it. Oh, um, son of a bee sting. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, you gave me an in, an in to talk about it. Uh, I think Taysom Hill is the new backup quarterback. I think I think he's gonna eclipse Teddy Bridgewater. Interesting. He uh, Teddy Bridgewater has just looked lost this off season a lot of times, and then anytime Taysom has come in, he's looked godlike. I mean, I get I get he's playing in the second half of these preseason games, mm-hmm. um, but I mean he was playing some snaps at least versus the Jets second team because the Jets for whatever reason like to play their their players the entire time, and uh, Taysom. Has looked really good throwing the ball. He's made some beautiful passes, um, and then running the ball. Obviously, he's been fantastic. So I think uh, I, I think the Taysom Hill offense could potentially be the offense of the future. I mean, I, I'm I'm already seeing a lot of people saying that once Drew Brees, Drew Brees leaves, uh, give the offense to Taysom. Interesting. Because um, I mean, it was it was kind of like a shoe in to be Teddy Bridgewater's job, but he's the, the, he has not performed. In the in the preseason at all, yeah, uh, guys for like Bridgewater, where his knee just like exploded into a million pieces. It's kind of hard for him to pick it up. Um, but you're speaking of guys that, that ball out in the preseason. I actually just wrote my 53 man projection um, for the 49ers. I had to make a bunch of edits because, of course, as soon as I sent it to the editor, like Kyle Shanahan gets to the podium, I'm like, oh, this guy's injured. This guy's injured. He's going on IR. I'm like, ah, I gotta make all my changes <laughs> real fast. Um, and, and I'm gonna upset a lot of 49ers fans because I left off some guys that have just been like. It's always the hardest move. Like it's always the worst part of hard knocks. Like these, like these guys that everyone like you love, and then you realize like, oh, they kind of suck. So they're not going to make their roster. <laughs> right, right. They, no, they're just not up to snuff, and, and they're, they're you know they're playing against guys you're going to be not playing in football. So it's hard to do. I'm, I'm mentally preparing myself for all the hate that is just going to be thrown my way. Who's the because... Who's the biggest name that you've been you've kept off? Um, the biggest one is the running back Jeff Wilson Jr. for the 49ers. He he made the team. He was a, he was an undrafted free agent last year. He was on the practice squad and he played for him a little bit last year. Um, he did okay. He had 76 touches uh, total, but he also had three fumbles in those 76 touches. So I'm like, eh, I kinda, we kind of know what he is. Mm-hmm. But this this preseason, he's been like he's got like five, like four touchdowns in three games, and people are like, oh, we got to keep him. He's the future. We don't need Tevin Coleman. And I'm just like, oh, okay, you got to stop. All right. All right. All right. You got, let's pump pump the brakes, kid. You got to stop. A, as someone who's seen Tevin Coleman play a lot, uh, you definitely want Tevin Coleman on your team. Yeah, that's one guy I didn't bring up in the best offseason for the 49ers, but Tevin Coleman I think is also a perfect running back for Shanahan's offense, which we've already seen in his career when Shanahan and him were playing together in Atlanta. Yeah, um, and then so 
the last question of the day. Uh, we're going to have you go through each team and give us uh, each team's best, uh, most improved player. Okay, cool. So I'll just go down my final rankings, my final standings. So I had the Seahawks win the division. I think the most improved is going to be Tyler Lockett. Uh, Doug Baldwin walking away from the game. It's a shame. Uh, I, Doug Baldwin was one of my favorite players that was on a rival team. I always respected him. I always thought he played super tough, and he was he was very, very, very good and tough to cover. And he never had any of those like wow you skills. But once just once he was on the field, he was just a different player. Um, so Tyler Lockett for me, um, he's been kind of relegated a little bit to like a special teams role and a secondary wide receiver, and he didn't really know how to use him. But with Baldwin gone and with Metcalf possibly hurt for a little bit, I think he's going to take the next step and be Russell Wilson's next go-to guy. Yeah, you already kind of saw that uh, this season uh, a, a little bit start to form. So I think uh, this is not a, not a long shot at all that uh, I think Tyler, Tyler Lockett, I mean, he made the top 100 players in the NFL this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a, I think it's a good guess that he's going to pop off this year. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the Rams. Uh, my guy is Corey Littleton. Again, one of my favorite players on a rival team. I, I really like his play style. I, I know we don't put a whole lot of stock into PFF all the time because some of their rank is a little wonky. Um, but he was the seventh rated linebacker against the pass last year. And he wasn't super good against the runs. So he's a really good coverage linebacker. He plays special teams. He had, like, multiple block kicks last year for him. Um, I think he takes the next step in being a full-time starter this year and, and, and a guy that they, they, they slapped a second-round tender on him, and he was an undrafted free agent uh, this year. He's a restricted free agent. They slapped a second-round tender on him. I think that tells you what the Rams think of this player. And I think he's going to make that next jump. And I think with Aaron Donald eating up blocks up front with guys like, you know, Clay Matthews and, and Dante Fowler and – and Michael Brockers and a couple other guys they have on a defensive line. I think Corey Littleton's going to eat, and I think he's going to be really high up there in the in the tackle category, assuming that the Rams' defense is on the field enough for him to rack up those tackles. All righty, and uh, moving on to who did you have next? The 49ers? Yeah, 49ers next. Um, and my guy is Traverius Moore. Uh, he, he was drafted in the third round last year. Um, Played at a smaller school. He was a, he was a safety in college. They tried to convert him to to corner, and it was like the Niners always do this. It's square peg, round hole. They try and force a guy to play his not natural position. And and this offseason with with the way they didn't address the safety position in free agency when you had Earl Thomas and Tyron Matthew and Eric Weddle and all these like Adrian Amos and Haha Clinton Dix and all this talent that was out out there on the the safety free agent market, they didn't make any moves. Um, I think it's because they were ready to move Tarverius Moore back to his natural position of safety. Um, he's played really well in practice. He's played pretty well in the preseason games. Extremely athletic. I think he's going to make a big jump. He's going to go from basically no playing time to possibly starting at free safety for them. Yeah, he had and, like a he had like a four three two forty or something like that, right? Yeah absolute monster of an athlete like he is super fast he's super athletic he, he's he's really strong um he tackles well he's like a little missile on the field it's kind of cool when he reads run and he reads it right which isn't always um he's like he can shoot from the backfield from 10 12 yards back before you can even blink um it, it's fun to watch him play and i think like I, said, I think he's gonna take that next big step for them it, it it's mostly most improved because he doesn't have a whole lot to build off of so pretty much any 
any uh, production they get out of him is going to be a big deal. I know a lot of 49ers fans are putting a lot of stock in Solomon Thomas, you know, former third overall pick. Last year he only had one sack. Uh, this year he showed up to camp. He's in crazy good shape. But I, I don't see his production going up super high just because the logjam that is their defensive line because it's clearly the most talented group they have. And I don't think he's going to get enough playing time necessarily to where he can really make the impact that – you know, the 49ers want him to make it like, you know, numbers wise, I should say um, he may end up with five, six, seven sacks, but you know, Tavares Moore is going to play a lot more snaps than he will. Okay. And then uh, moving on to the last one, the, uh, the Arizona Cardinals. So I know I said the Cardinals drafted 15 receivers. I know I said their offensive line is due to, I know that, I said Kyler Murray's going to have some games where he's really good and not really good. And I've been kind of down on their offense. But I think Christian Kirk's going to take that next step. I like Christian Kirk's uh, uh, skill set. I think it matches up well with, with Kyler Murray. I think he's a fast guy. that can get open and he can make contested catches. And if he gets loose, he's gone. I mean, saw it a couple times last year where he's 75-yard touchdown catches. And he's just a guy that, man, another guy I want to see do well. And I want to see Christian Kirk really take that next step. And I think he can with a better quarterback and with a better system, the air raid system built for him. Um, another guy, I know we can always go back to another guy that's already been on the team for a while. David Johnson's another guy that could take that next step just because, you know, he was really, really good for a couple of years and he got hurt and they didn't know how to use him. And they brought in Byron Leftwich to be the offensive coordinator. And it was just a giant cluster down in Arizona last year. Dave Johnson could be that guy, but I think Christian Kirk really breaks out. All righty. Uh, well, do you have any uh, any closing uh, statements for the, the division this year? I think this is going to be the most competitive division outside of the NFC South. I mean, the NFC that's, South that's is not going to be very, very, uh, very competitive because there's going to be one team that runs away with it, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. It was a joke. It was a joke. It was a joke. <laughs> it was a joke. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I actually think it's kind of fun because the NFC South and the NFC West play each other this year. Oh yeah, they so do. I think there's gonna be a lot of really good matchups uh, across across there. Don't um, worry, week two I, I think has there's been, gonna be week two has been circled in my schedule for uh, as long as it's been announced versus the Rams. <sighs> yeah, that's gonna be one to tune into. Um, super excited to watch that one. Um, I, I have like four fantasy drafts coming up in the next like six days two of them on the same night at the same time because i'm miserable planning um so i have to be doing side-by-side drafts it's gonna it's gonna be crazy um but i will be loading up on saints and rams players just because those uh those shootouts are gonna be a lot of fun to watch uh i'm just glad i didn't uh i I waited to have my fantasy draft until after andrew luck dropped the bomb because i usually draft andrew luck uh correct so (laughs) correct can we get andrew luck into can we get Andrew Luck into witness protection? Because O.J. Simpson drafted him. Oh, 90 my, oh yeah, I saw that. Jesus. And then he put a video out on Twitter. So we need to get Andrew, we need to protect Andrew Luck at all costs at this point. <laughs> we cannot have anything happen to Andrew Luck. I mean, because you know, even if even if something happens to him, he's gonna be like, "Hey, nice stab, big guy." <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh man, yeah, you, you hate to make those kind of jokes, but I mean, if the glove fits. Uh, <laughs> 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 fantastic oh man 
So, <laughs> so I think that about does it for us today. Um, thanks for coming on. Won't be the last time you have we have you on, I'm sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. I know we successfully derailed it there at the end, but you know it's all right. It's whatever. I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, what are we a sports podcast? Um, and then something like that. Maybe Brandon will be back next time if he's gotten over his fear of you. Um, speaking of, <laughs> I, speaking of Brandon, I saw he, he saw Mitchell uh, Mitchell Robinson uh, on on the plane back to New York, and uh, he said uh, we told him to try and get a Mitchell Robinson for whole nine sports. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, cool. How, how cool, that cool. went. Uh, maybe you got him. Um, and then so yeah, I think that about does it. Uh, you can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Bar, Matt Bar with the underscore, not the actor. Yep. That doesn't happen. Um, two T's, two R's, man. And then, uh, of course, you can listen to him on the Fourth and Gold podcast, and then read his work on Forty Nineers Hub and Forty Nineers Web Zone. You can follow me on Twitter at Dilly Sanders. Uh, you can follow the show uh, and interact with us uh, all you want because we're losers with nothing better to do than be on Twitter at all times uh, at Whole Nine Sports. <laughs> And then uh, you can follow us on Spotify, iTunes. Leave us a review. It's quick. Helps us a ton. And uh, see y'all next episode. Bye. Make me go so no go Major League I'm seeing Call me wild thing She got strings all